Hi, I'm Alexis. And I'm Dre. This is Altered, a wedding podcast that focuses on weddings affected by the pandemic. And everything in between. Each week, we will talk to different couples from all over. And wedding vendors across the world. To show that even though we may be going through unprecedented times, your special day is still within reach. Welcome to our next episode of Altered. We've got two new guests. Please introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Ashley. And I'm Jeff. Where are you both from originally? I grew up on the East Coast in Virginia, right outside D.C., and then I lived in New York for 10 years, and then here. I was born in Oregon, moved up and down the East Coast, mostly Buffalo, went to college in New York City, lived there for 10 years, and then came out here to L.A., where I've been now for about 10 or 11 years. And how did you both meet? I was her teacher. He was, which sounds <laughs> much more than it actually is. But then you also get to find out that I was also married at the time. That, <laughs> that is true. So she, I was her teacher <laughs> in a postgraduate program. She was 27 and I was like 30. And so we met there. She was a student. She was married. And then we ran into each other years later. To be fair, he sussed out after I separated from my ex. He sussed out some of my Facebook posts and was like, anytime anybody starts posting photos of horizons or sunsets or sunrises and being like, it's another day, it's a new thing. I'm, there's a part of me that goes, oh, I think their marriage just fell. <laughs> Something I see over and over. There must be a new chapter. Like, oh, cool. It's natural. It's a new time. It's a, it's a big moment of transition. There's a moment. He sent me a message on Facebook and I was under the impression that he didn't like me. When he sent me a message and was like, we should hang out or whatever. I'm thinking, what do you want? What is this? What is this? (laughs) So you were a mean teacher then? I was a mean teacher? No, not at all. She was a difficult student. I was a difficult student. (laughs) That's fair. He would text in class, which drove me crazy. But I remembered thinking that she was really talented and very beautiful, obviously. But she was also married and I was also a teacher. So it wasn't really part of it, if that makes sense. A lot of it actually came from being friends over Facebook. And I just thought she was really funny. And the things that she posted were really funny. It was that side of her more than anything else. It was over the course of the few years of like, really, because of the things she wrote, which is not crazy because I'm a writer. That's how I got interested. And so you're a writer and you're an actor as well? Yes, I am both of those things. And Ashley, you as well are an actor. Yes. He just won an Emmy this last weekend. Uh, Congratulations. Very cool. Thank you. How long have you both been engaged? We got engaged over Christmas last year. So not terribly long, but we've been together for four years. Did he know it was coming? There's this one jeweler that I really love. I had sent him a picture of one of the pages on the site with certain diamonds circled. And I was like, <laughs> it would work. Mm-hmm. And occasionally, I would look at the page to see if any of those had been bought. Wow. And I did see that one had. And I remember thinking, I wonder if he did. But he gave me no clue. And on Christmas Day, I remember him before we opened presents because we always write each other cards. I was like, should we do the cards before or after? And he went, oh, we're doing it after. And I remember trying to think, is this an Addis thing? Is this something like, do they open cards after presents? Because usually you open cards first. 
I don't know why he wants to be last. Okay, fine. So I said, okay, do you, who do you want to go first for the cards? Do you want me or you? He's like, oh, I'll read your card first. So he took it, opened it, read it very quickly. said, oh, that's so sweet. I'm going to go get yours. He hands me this card and I start to read it and it's beautifully written and lovely. And he starts talking about proposing and my mind went blank and I couldn't absorb anything else. And there was a whole other card that I had to read. And he pretended to read it because he was there getting in position. I was like, I can't concentrate. And then he asked and I made a noise. I felt was an affirmative noise, but then he had to ask again so that I actually said yes. A little bit moose-like. I thought it was a yes, but I really wanted to be sure. <laughs> oh, I love that. So romantic. Yeah. I had no idea though. But then I remember being very much, I was right. I saw that that diamond was <laughs> I know when Richard proposed, I can relate in that it just felt like I was in a movie. I was surprised by how much your brain kind of fritzes out that I'm glad I wrote something down because what I had prepared to say was gone. And so there is a certain degree of just like what like a videotape just would go to static. That's where I felt like my brain went. Michael can't remember what he said. My husband proposed to me. We were in Italy at this opera house. Long story short, no one really speaks English. There's an intermission. They do champagne. And then he grabs me by the arm and whisks me into this room. And I go into this room and it's gorgeous and big and beautiful. And I was like, oh, that's nice. And I saw like a champagne bottle and two chairs. I was like, oh, we got us a private room for intermission. Perfect. And as I stepped in, then I saw two people with video cameras. And I was like, oh, my God. That's oh, that's so, so sweet. Technical difficulties thing yeah. comes on and the music <laughs> plays and it just says technical oh, difficulties and then you come back to consciousness. What was your social media post unveiling your engagement? Well, we definitely called the folks first. We did the little FaceTime thing with everybody to show faces and to drop the news. But it was also Christmas morning. We called some family and then we did a post. Facebook, Instagram, and that was it. I yeah. I think there was like a big social media unveiling. Other than the post of a picture of the ring. Yeah. I know people put so much thought and energy into like, how am I going to present this? Oh, we did not. We did not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it took us like five minutes to say, oh, let's put my hand near the Christmas tree. So the Christmas tree is like in the background. And then let's just make sure it's in focus. Yeah. You want to share the happiness. I guess it's funny that you even asked the question because it never occurred to me that you would plan the way that you yeah. unveil it. But I guess, of course, people do. We were like, can we be in it? How should our hands be? What city are we going to be in when it happens? It ended up just being a close-up shot of our hands being interlocked. We did go through some lighting with P. What time of day? <laughs> That's so funny. It never even occurred to me. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we did a photo shoot, too. <laughs> I guess we just didn't know about this part of it. I feel like we missed out now. You honestly have given me a like FOMO, like, like FOMO <laughs> of my engagement moment that I didn't even know. No, you're so lucky. So time. When and where were you slated to get married? We were going to get married on October 31st on Halloween this year. <sighs> and Carondelet House here in LA. It's a really cool venue, really old, mansion-y looking. Did either of you have any inklings about this virus at the time that you proposed? Because you said it was December. No. no, not at all. I think we heard about it when everybody else did, mid-March and like right before everything really closed down. My birthday is February 29th. It's leap year. And I got a real birthday this year. So we had a party on the 29th, which was awesome. 
But my memory is that right after that, everything closed. I remember very clearly because the caterers that we're using are people that I work for and friends of mine who I love very much. When we went and had lunch at the offices, I remember sitting there with the guys and talking to them about the virus and being like, do you guys think this is going to impact stuff? And at the time they were like, no, I think it's going to be fine. You know, I don't think we're going to have to worry, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then it was a week later. So when lockdown happened, what were your first thoughts about your wedding coming up? I think at that point, there was a bit of wait and see because we were still learning about the virus. We were still learning about how bad it was going to be here in the U.S. It was in L.A. because of so much of our family and friends are in L.A., not family, but friends in particular. You start discussing different models of how it could look. Maybe people can't travel, but there is a, a version that you could do in L.A. Remember, for a long time, we didn't really know how the transmission of the virus really worked. And so it was just part of a lot of things happening at the time, I remember. But we held out as long as we thought we could before we just had to call it. And mainly that was about we have to send invitations. We like, hadn't sent save the dates yet, but a lot of people, it, yeah. a lot of people knew when we were planning on getting married. We started calling, I think in May. Yeah, I think that's when we really made the decision. It was like probably a week or two after that before we actually threw up a post on Facebook just to be like, hey, this is what's happening. Told our family and everything because all of our families on the East Coast. What did you decide? You keep saying call it. That date is not going to happen. There's not going to be a wedding that date. And maybe they're at that location because maybe there'll be something else. We didn't know. But that version of the wedding was not going to happen of having a large amount of people in a place. Nobody was flying in. Travel is so dangerous. And a lot of our relatives are older. My mom and my dad are in their late 60s. I don't want my parents getting on an airplane and coming to LA and then going home and then finding out a week later that they have COVID and something terrible happening. I would never forgive myself. Yeah, it wasn't a hard decision. It really wasn't. Make. It was a sad decision, it really but it wasn't sad. a hard one. But we sort of put it off because the writing was so clearly on the wall and yeah. it made us sad. But there was never really a part of us that was ever like, we can make it work. We knew it was coming. We just yeah. held off for a while because it sucked and it hurt to do it. How big was your wedding going to be? 100? 100, 120. Okay. So not huge, but you don't really want it to be huge. It's so funny to me that's not considered huge. I know. <laughs> you, I know it's not. And I've been to those weddings that it's not. But if you're like 120 people, I'm like, that's huge. And I know it's not. I've been to weddings that are like three, 400, but I'm still like, that's a lot of people. And the smallest I've been to was actually like four or five people. So very small. But I think the smallest like actual wedding I've been to had probably 70. And then we were getting married because 50 people are just family alone. Right. Not an option for us. <laughs> so we, we tried to keep it very small. And then it ended up going up to over 200. That seems like a crazy number, but I can never tell how many people are in a room or how big a room is. I'm going to be honest, I'll just say it. I don't understand square footage. If you just ask me how big a room is, I'm like 100 square feet, 20. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I am the same way. When people tell me square foot, like that means absolutely nothing to me. Whenever I watch reality real estate shows and they're always like, it's going to be about 9,000 square feet. I'm like, what is that? You mentioned you had some friends of yours that were vendors specifically for catering. How many vendors were you locked into? It sounded like you were relatively far along in your planning process. I worked as a caterer for such a long time. I knew a lot of venues. I know a lot of people. I'll go ahead and plug them because they're wonderful, but a great catering company. They're called the Copper Key. They're some of the sweetest, most wonderful people. Michael Duddy runs it. The head chef, Gus, he's from Amsterdam, is 
probably one of the funniest, driest people you'll ever meet in your life. He's really lovely. And also one of the most incredible chefs. We had them pretty much locked in and they were very lovely to us. That was kind of the only outside vendor we had locked in. Yeah. Because a lot of it was done by the space. Carondelet come with like a bar package and they even actually come with a suggested caterer. I think it's Trey LA that caters out of Carondelet. We hadn't done florists. We hadn't done DJ. We had a photographer because we have a family friend who's an incredible photographer. He's done our friend's weddings and and so I knew I wanted him to do ours too, because yeah. he's really great. So we had him locked in, but we hadn't really gone much farther than that. I hadn't started to look at dresses. We had an idea of what we wanted things to look like and how we wanted to do it, but we hadn't really gotten too much farther than that. But we had the big ones. What was the most difficult decision you had to make about your wedding? I think it was facing the truth that it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And I completely can relate to you both with with parents, mine are in their late 70s. And mm-hmm. I could not imagine, even with the mini money next year, we were going to go ahead and do that in May. But it's so funny. There's so many random coincidences. But our anniversary is October 31st. Oh, Your tender anniversary next Halloween. So we're like, maybe we should, instead of doing May, where it might be too soon. My parents are in Boston, so we would do potentially Halloween if things are safe. It's so weird when people ask you, hey, how's wedding planning going? I've done some like little things. Of course, like the great place for wedding stuff, Etsy. So I'll get an idea about (laughs) something and comb through Etsy. And so I've bought a couple things that I'm just like, oh, that would be really great for this. And that would be really great for that. Passive wedding stuff. (laughs) It's a wonderful rabbit hole. It's amazing to me wedding industry has something for everyone. And what I love about weddings, and even just Andre and I deciding to do this podcast is everyone has such an incredible interpretation of how to celebrate love, whether that be with your partner or with friends or family. And it's just incredible to see all these creative ways to approach it. I've just put it in pause on my brain. I'm not really looking at stuff. It makes me a little sad, I think is the truth. Totally. And we could talk about it. It will even make our our reschedule date. I think we will. Because there's so much uncertainty around the whole thing, it's a little harder for me to get excited about knowing we might have to push Again. Even again, the reality. We don't think so, but but maybe we will. We're, right now, we're rescheduled for October 31st of 2021. And so I think we'll make that. I think we'll be good. With your wedding date, it was supposed to be October 31st this year, and now potentially October 31st in 2021. Is there a meaning behind that date? We just love Halloween. We thought it would be fun. We don't want it to be a costume party, and we don't want it to be like a eyes wide shut, weird, creepy party. So it's like finding that little dash of Adam's family. Ashley, you mentioned you have not gone wedding dress shopping, but have you done any shopping virtually? Oh, of course. There's a designer. Her name's Leanne Marshall. I really want my dress to have color. I don't want it to be white. And she does this really cool stuff with dyes and very natural looking, funky, watercolory kind of dyes. I've been looking at her. I've been looking at Rudison. Oh, yeah. They're like super fun and super funky and different. They have some stuff that's colored too. So I've been looking at them. And then there's a guy, I think it's pronounced Angelo Lambro in New York. When I used to live in New York, it was right after gay marriage was allowed. And I did a photo shoot with another woman just doing wedding dresses from little boutiques around New York. We weren't in pictures together at all, but we were traipsing around New York wearing wedding dresses. 
And because we were two women, people kept stopping us on the street and congratulating us. <laughs> and yes. it was so lovely. And after a while, we stopped trying to explain that we were doing a photo shoot. We just said, thank you. This guy does beautiful dresses and he has this little shop in the West Village. And I remember trying on a few of his dresses and they're just very ethereal. He does color too. So there's a couple that I'm looking at, but I just really want to be able to try them on. Jeff, did you say that you are aware of the dress? I'm trying to hide it from Richard. Unfortunately, my iPhone tries to keep showing him photos. I've seen even the dresses that she's talking about. She showed me. And it's whatever way she wants to show me or not show me is totally cool. She gets excited. I get excited. I think in her brain, I think in her brain, she doesn't want me to see. And then her excitement gets the better of her. And she <laughs> I want him to be involved. He doesn't have a say right. in the dress, but I want him. <laughs> well, it feels that way, but it's very cute. It's just, it's just excitement. And so I've seen all of them. Yeah, but he doesn't know because I don't know. But when I do know, he probably won't know. I don't know. So you guys mentioned that basically the planning has been put on pause because of how sad the situation has been. What have you been able to do to keep a little bit of levity? I don't know that I'm trying to keep levity about the wedding in this world. And I'm not to make it sound despondent, but I think that it's hard enough to keep levity in our lives right now. So maybe that's more the focus for me in terms of what the world is like and what the situation is like and what the reality is politically and what the reality is in terms of health and the air and the fires and COVID and what's happening in the conversations around the country and demonstrations. And I think that's a big question about like, how do you stay positive and and positive in general in this atmosphere? Yeah. In some ways with everything that's going on, it seems less important. We already know that we've moved it. We already know that we have a different date. We do say a lot that I can't wait to marry you. I do think we try to make sure that there's the connection of like feelings haven't changed and the intention hasn't changed. And so we do say that more than we realize, but we say that to remind the other person that it's not because of us or the relationship or you, it's the situation. And so I think it's maybe keeping that feeling of there's no second thoughts or diminishing returns here. I want to marry you the same amount as when I propose. It just might be a while is the truth. And so for me personally, it's harder to spend two years planning a thing when I don't know when or if it's going to happen or we're going to have to push again. We are a little different in that way. Understandable. And I think if I could have rephrased my question, the way you just answered it then is what I was actually looking for. What I got from it is that your relationship is so strong that you're able to be like, this can be set aside because everything is crumbling. And it just sucks. And you have to start to say it sucks and not be like, it's all good. It's not all good. It's not, yeah. not all good. It's just very obviously It really not. sucks to have to push your wedding back. But I really love you and I want to marry you the same amount. And it's going to be great whenever it is. But I don't want to put pressure on it's going to be next, year next or, Halloween. Because yeah. if it's not, mm. I don't want to be like, I don't want to ever want her to think that I want to marry her any less because if it happens in three years and I don't want to make it about the date. And so part of the discussions that we also have, are I have better health insurance. There's also like the reality of two people whose lives are intertwined. If she gets sick, do we go and get married right now in case one or both of us get COVID, right? And so we have that model of wedding. We know how to get that done. We have a model of if, do we go to Hawaii, like six of us and get married and find a safe way to do that there 
legally and that's a place that's special to us. And so there's different sort of like mini plans, if that makes sense. It, it looks less like a spreadsheet of what's your wedding going to look like and more like a spreadsheet of what different weddings might be, depending on which shitty way the world goes. Or maybe better. Maybe it gets a little better and we can travel. Did you have any outlets in which you could speak to people that were in your same situation or friends or family members about what was happening? Yes, I have two sets of friends who were going through this and I didn't talk to them much about it is the truth. I think it was a little bit more like a commiseration thing. I've seen people do social distance weddings that feel safe. And I think that if you know the facts and you choose to travel, I have a hard time judging people. And I don't want to put anybody in a position where they feel like, they have to take a job at risk to themselves. And so as much as it's about the family, I think we also have to think about the amount of people it takes within a space to make a wedding work. And yeah. so I am uncomfortable with it, but I also don't want to judge other people if they find a safe way to make it happen. That was wonderful. And I think that ties into anything else I was going to ask. So to wrap up, what's your favorite wedding song? But in my mind, I'm like, what's your favorite Halloween song? <laughs> My parents' wedding song was Moondance. And I remember as a teenager asking them, can that be my wedding song someday when I get married? And they said no. And I think it's because their marriage maybe didn't go as great as they wanted. And that is still my favorite wedding song, but I can't use it. I've always liked Rainbow Connection. And there's a song called Come Go With Me by the Dell Vikings that is a great little song. They're so not traditional wedding songs or like first dance songs. Or This Is Halloween. Or This from Is Nightmare Halloween. Before Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> this is Halloween. This is Halloween. I love that song. What is your favorite wedding movie? Are we saying wedding movie as in like a movie that's all about a wedding? Or a movie in which a wedding occurs. Either. It's like you make your own rules here, baby. I love the wedding at the end of Spaceballs. When they're trying to get married and the minister's trying to do this thing. And then at the end when, you know, like, Lone Star pushes the other guy out of the way. He goes, do you want to marry him? Yes. You want to marry her? Yes. Good. You're married. Kiss her. <laughs> <laughs> I would go Princess Bride. I was just reading that they're doing a remake of Father of the Bride, and I was like, oh, I like that movie. That's a good idea. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You do not remake Father of the Bride. There's a new podcast about to be born called, like, Why Fa You, cannot Why you Should Not Remake, remake Father, Father of the, of the Bride. bride. <laughs> Spin off to this. Let's do a podcast about re movie remakes that make us angry. I think so. <laughs> that will be the next bit off for sure. Thanks for staying with us. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Congrats on the podcast. Bye, darling. Mwah. We're all here for each other. So let's commiserate together. If you have any questions or want to share your story, email us at info at alteredpodcast.com. After I got engaged, I found myself doing all these traditional wedding things without necessarily knowing the history of them. Why are wedding dresses white? How did the idea of an engagement ring come about? Everyone has different ideas about the wedding party. Where did all that come from? So for our ending bit each week, we'll drop some super random wedding facts. History.com tells us that in 18th century Ireland, a matchmaking cook might bury a ring in her mashed potatoes in Halloween night, hoping to bring true love to the diner who found it. In Scotland, fortune tellers recommended that an eligible woman name a hazelnut for each of her suitors and then toss the nuts into the fireplace. The nut that burned to ashes rather than popping or exploding represented the girl's future husband. In some versions of this legend, 
the opposite was true. The nut that burned away symbolized a love that would not last. Another tale had it that if a woman ate a sugary concoction made out of walnuts, hazelnuts, and nutmeg before bed on Halloween night, she would dream about her future husband. Young women tossed apple peels over their shoulders, hoping that the peels would fall on the floor in the shape of their husband's initials. Tried to learn about their futures by peering at egg yolks floating in a bowl of water, and stood in front of mirrors in darkened rooms, holding candles and looking over their shoulders for their husbands' faces. Other rituals were more competitive. At some Halloween parties, the first guest to find a burr on a chestnut hunt would be the first to marry. At others, the first successful apple bobber would be the first one down the aisle. Well, from these legends, if you don't have many women in your love life, and you have a severe nut allergy, you're pretty much in the clear. It means so much that you're listening to Altered. I'm Alexis. And I'm Dre. If you're liking what you're hearing, feel free to rate and review at Apple Podcasts. See you next week.